0: Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. i have some hills to climb. Although my weary eyes they can't see, so I'll just say. I do don't know where the money's coming from, but thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank
1: you, Lord, I won't, I won't complain. Good evening, radio fans. We just thank God for this opportunity to be able to come and share with you the Word of God. It's nothing like God's Word. Bible said heaven and earth will pass away, but the word is not going anywhere. We've got a generation of church folk and this uh, society want to make it without God's word. They want to wake up on their ability to prophesy and be able to speak in tongue and, and be able to uh, dream dreams and all that and lead the word out. You can't lead God's word out but the scripture said that heaven and earth will pass, but one job of the word will not pass. The scripture said the dreams will fail. Prophecy will fail. All these things that we, we think so great will fail, but the Word of God will never fail. So we should never let our gift, our talent, or our ability, or our intellect put put, put, put itself before the Word of God. For so the Word of God is powerful and sharp, and it will work for you any day of the day, any day of the week, any hour of the day. And it will not fail you, not one time. You may thought it failed you, but really it wasn't you. You failed yourself. God's Word will never fail. One songwriter picked it up and said, God never failed. He never failed. He's always on time. So we certainly thank God for you listening this afternoon. We ask that you will get your Bible because we want to get into the Word of God. And we, I don't want to give you my words so much, and, and I may have some of my words in there, but I want you to give more of God's words than my word because my, my words won't, won't help you make it on tomorrow. But God's Word will. God's Word will sustain you. It'll keep you. It'll uplift you. It'll give you all the strength you need. You know he told Paul his grace was sufficient. Well God was not just talking to Paul he's talking to you today. I don't care what you're going through, I don't care what the hang up is, I don't care what the habit is, I don't care what the stronghold in your life. The Bible said God's grace is sufficient. That means it's more than enough. I used for an example one time how that maybe you was at the grocery store and you got to the counter and you and you're to the clerk at the counter and you find out that 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 you had more groceries than you had money. And you got ready to take it back, but the person behind you said to the cashier, no, don't take it back. I will pay for the difference. And he takes out a $20 bill and says to the cashier, this should be sufficient enough to take care of the rest that was left over. In other words, it's enough. This $20 is enough to to pay for the, uh, the lack, to pay for the, the part that he didn't have enough to pay for the groceries. And that's what God's grace is. It's always enough. You may look like you ain't got enough, but God's grace, will it will take up the slack. It's sufficient. It's enough to heal your body, to regulate your mind, to restore your marriage, to restore your joy. But you've got to let God's grace work. You can't work God's grace. You've got to let God's grace work in you. Maybe you didn't hear me. You don't work God's grace. You let God great work in you. See, we got too many people trying to work the word of God. You don't work God's word. You let God's word work in you. You ain't going to clean the word of God. The word of God is going to clean you. So the word of God needs to be in you. You don't need to be in the word of God. The word of God needs to be in you. But only on the inside can God word. But the Bible said it's searching. Uh, it's searching down into a, to the joint and marrow. It's a hidden place in the jam. That, that, Some places, uh, places that you don't want nobody to go. The word of God to go there. There were, there where you got them secret sins and all that old hidden lust and, and malice and hatred and bitterness and no nobody don't nothing about it. the word of God will go all in those places and cleanse you from those things that you try to hide. See that's why John the Baptist said, "Oh, I don't know I'm not going this way, but let me go on this way anyway." John the Baptist said when he got ready to baptize Jesus when coming down to the Jordan, he said, "I baptize you with water." He said, "But well, there one not coming after me." He's is prefer, is preferred before me. In other words, he'd be better than me. Uh, 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 I don't even compare myself to him. He preferred before me. And John said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and death with a mighty burning fire. And then John turned around and said, and this fire will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. So what with the chaff? The chaff is that lust that you You don't want to let go. That, that chaff is that lies in you. That, that, that chaff of that adulterousness in you. That chaff of that that uh, fornicating in you. Mm-hmm. That, 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 chaff, that that chaff is them strongholds you don't want to let go. The Holy Ghost will burn up the chaff. It'll burn it up without burning you up with an inquisitive fire. It'll burn up that attitude. It'll burn up that meanness in you. It'll burn up that bitterness in you. Uh, that's why we need the Holy Ghost. Thank God for salvation. It's going to get to heaven. It's gonna, salvation is going to get us to heaven. But the Holy Ghost is going to clean us up so we can go to heaven. The Holy Ghost is going to burn up all that malice, burn up all that hatred that you think don't know nothing about it, that they have having respect of a person, favoritism. The Holy Ghost come to burn all that stuff up. That's what the Holy Ghost comes for, to purify us, to cleanse us, not just the. I know he said that I came that you have power. I let the Holy Ghost come. You should have power. That's not just power for ministry, but power over your behavior. Power over your shortcomings. Power over your fault, Power over your hang up Power over your habits that you keep on doing over and over again. When you've been born again, you ain't got no business going back to the liquor stone. Maybe you did. Maybe you went back that week when you first got saved, and oh God is still sanctifying and purifying you. It might even went back that month, but it's been five years and you still going to the liquor stone. You need to let the horse shy, tie, bo, You need to let the Holy Ghost burn that mess out of you because, folks, it, it, it seems that you don't want to let it go. See, well, God can't burn out what you don't let go. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't burn wood in a heater that you don't put in a heater. You know, I, I used to be, when I came up in the country, my job was to make the fire in the morning, and I would put the wood in the heater. And, and, and that heater can only burn the wood that I put in it. If you don't put this stuff in the heater, in the Holy Ghost, they said he'll burn it up with a mighty burning fire, if you don't put it in the heater, God can't burn it up. You've got to give it to God. you got to say, God, I got to tell, be honest to God. Say, God, I, I, I'm yours. I belong to you, but i messed up, Lord. I got issues in my life, Lord. I'm still committing adultery, God. I'm still committing fornication. I'm still drinking, God. I'm still doing drugs, God. I'm still fornicating, God. God ain't going to get mad if you say, Are you want all that. I'm going to kill you. No, He's not, baby. He's going to forgive you, Then he's going to cleanse you. The Bible says confess your fault. God has just confessed to forgive you for all your sins. Then he said he'll cleanse you. See, what's wrong with this generation is they get forgiven, but they don't get cleansed. Still singing in the choir, committing fornication. sitting in the pulpit uh, with a title of an apostle. you a girlfriend. You're going to go meet when you leave church. Baby, Paul said these things ought not be. We, believe, we, 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 we ought to set an example. If you're if you that way, God is able to cleanse you. He's able to forgive you and purge you. Don't go talking about it got me and I can't let it go. Yes, you can. Ain't nothing in your life that you can't let go. Ain't nothing in your life that the Holy Ghost can't burn up. But you got to give it to God. You got to do like the songwriter says, lift and kiss and say goodbye. You got to say goodbye to that mess and let God have it so he can make you a vessel of honor. God wants you to be a vessel of honor, sanctified and fit for the mouth of you. God wants to be able to use you. But let me slow down a little bit. you got to understand that people are eating your life. That's why when Jesus told them, you want to drink my blood and eat my flesh, they got offended. Jesus said, what do you mean, what do you mean, drink your blood and eat your flesh? What, 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 you a vampire or something? That don't need sound right. They don't Because they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. People are going to eat you. People are going to eat you spiritually. They're going to eat the spiritual man in you. That's why God wants that spiritual man to be clean. You wouldn't go to no restaurant and eat, and you see that, that waitress back there uh, uh, putting her hand on everything dirty that she can put her hand on. They'll put her hand on your bread and your chicken and bring it out. You ain't going to eat that because you know it's unclean now because her hand is unclean. So it is with you. God wants your life clean so people can eat your life, so they can eat that, that, that word that is on the inside of you, and they can feel confident that when they're eating it, it came out of a clean vessel. Oh, that sounds psyched to me. But I want to talk this evening what God gave me, and I'm going to get on into it. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. Let me say it again. God said, tell the world, radio world, it's time to move up. Somebody is setting still. Somebody's in a dug out situation. My self-topic is stuck in the past trying to move forward to the future. Stuck in the past trying to move forward to the future. You can't move forward to the future until you get out of the stuckness that you got in the past. God wants you to move forward. Paul ran up against this situation in one of the cities, where he got there, and they were talking about who baptized them. One time I'm baptized in the name of Paul. I'm baptized in the name of John. Uh, I'm baptized in the name of this one. I'm baptized in the name of that one. Paul said, I'm glad I ain't baptized none of you. You be saying you baptized in the name of Paul. Paul said, these things don't mean nothing. It don't matter who baptized you. Well, the, oh, the apostle baptized me. The bishop baptized me. It don't matter. If a little child baptized you, it's all the same. You got a baptism. And we worship those things that be baptized us. And here they were worshiping the men that baptized them. Paul said, I didn't really baptize but one or two folks. And I'm glad I didn't baptize y'all so there wouldn't be any confusion. Arguing about little simple things. Paul said that you ought to be eating meat and you're still drinking milk. Because you're still arguing about who shake my hand. Come to find out the sister ain't been to church. For three weeks, because he said the pastor shake everybody's hand, but heard. Here you didn't want to carry spiritual gifts. Here you want to be a mighty warrior, a mighty vader with God, and you can't get over shaking somebody, not shaking your hand. Somebody she ain't speak to me. She saw me standing over there, and then would come on. She poked to everybody else. Grow up, grow. Somebody say, grow up, grow up. That is childish. You diluded your joy. Loodle your anointed. Loodle your prayer. Hey, ain't prayed the Lord in a whole month because somebody didn't shake your hand. I'm so glad that handshake ain't, ain't, ain't hooped to my praise. Oh, my God, my God. David said, I bless the Lord at all times. And hey, praise to continue to be in my mouth. You can't let people bound you. You can't let people dictate your life. You can't let these things that people do to you keep you in a dugout situation. You can't go forward because Susan May, who you don't like, is sitting on the front seat looking at you cross out every time you come into church, at least that's what you think she is. And you can't go forward. You can't sing in the choir. You can't usher on the usher boy. Because that, that church, they don't like it at that church. It may not be them, it just may be you. Everywhere you go, if every church you go to, they don't like you. you you need to go start your own church so you can like your own self because something's wrong somewhere when you caught up with people liking you. And this is a church ain't about going to liking nobody and who likes who and who likes this. The church is of the living God. Our job is to make a difference in the lives of others. And you can't, you can't help nobody until you move forward yourself. You've got to move out of what you're going through. So let us get into the script. I'm excited. I said I want you a whole lot of my word, but I got excited about that there. Amen. So let's go with Psalm. Let's go to Isaiah 43 and 18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things we owe. Now let's talk about what moving on is, what the definition of moving on. It means it's successfully, it means to move on or to make progress on something you've been bit on. Or in order to move forward, it means to make progress on something that you've been doing for a long time and it ain't doing nothing but sitting still. If you ain't making no progress, you are not moving on. All oh, you're doing it like a soldier mark time mark. You're moving your feet, but you ain't going nowhere. I said on last on the last broadcast I was on, got a lot of Christians. It, it, it's like a, a rocking chair. Uh huh. It moved backward and forward but it won't take you nowhere. I don't care how long you rock it all day long, when you get through rocking, the rocking chair gonna be sitting right there in that same spot. And that's what we do. We rock the church and we rock back home. We rock the church and we rock back home. We rock the church and we rock back home. Ain't grew, still feel, feel sitting in the same place. Ain't no more anointed than we were when we went last time. Paul said it's time now that we let go of these elements. still repenting, still repenting. You've been saved six years, still repenting over the same old thing. Paul said it's time we leave repentance and go on to, to, to greater things, on laying hands on the sick, casting out demons, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. It's time that you move into your gifts now. You've been sitting there long enough. Some of the pastor, ain't gave me nothing to do. Pastor ain't called you. God called you. God is not going to give you something to do. Then when you do it, the pastor will see you doing it, and then maybe he'll give you a position to do something. How pastor going to give you something to do? You ain't doing nothing. You ain't did nothing. Nothing for nothing, leave nothing. He can't give you something to do. You don't do nothing. The Bible says your giving may room for you. You ain't trying to prophesy. You ain't trying to speak in tongues. You ain't trying to lay hands on nobody. You know, the pastor's going to observe you. That's what I do. I observe my members. I don't try to stop them when they operate in the gift, but I'm observing them because I want them to be decent in order. I ain't for that crazy mess now. I've got my eyes on you. If God ever anointed you, if God truly calls you, I'm going to know God called you. And I ain't trying to be perfect. I ain't trying to be your judge. I ain't trying to, you know, judge nobody about whether or not God is talking to them. Huh? Um, because the gift will make room for itself. It will speak for itself. You start getting all left field now, all that crazy stuff now, I may have to stop you. Because I am responsible for all that stuff you telling my sheep that tells the member there it ain't of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So that's all kind of stuff going on in the church now. Get up in the in the middle of the church and gonna rebuke the bishop. You can't rebuke a bishop. You can't rebuke rebuke an overseer. The Bible said, rebuke not my leader in the congregation. The Bible said, rebuke not an elder in the congregation of, 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 the, of the saints. And then these young folks, because you, they got a little anointing to the prophesy, they're going to get up and rebuke the elder, rebuke the overseer, rebuke the apostle right before the people, You don't qualify to rebuke that apostle. If God won't that apostle, rebuke, he'll send a prophet. He'll send something like he did, like Nathan did David. No no little individual couldn't went to David and prophesied to him. God had to send the man was anointed. So God had to send an anointed man to prophesy to him. These little rookies in church that just got to say the other day, going to stand up and try to rebuke somebody when they need to go somewhere and sit down because they don't qualify to rebuke no elder. And the Bible said, don't do it in the first place. You don't rebuke an elder. You don't put go out there and bring somebody to over shame because you know something about them. And the Lord told me to tell you this, and the Lord told, me. no, you need to go sit down and learn how to prophesy and get the thing right, because there's a way to do everything decently and in order. Oh, this is getting good to me. Remember, not the former thing. Remember, but consider the things of old. That's what Isaiah 43 and 18 said. Remember not the former thing. Quit, quit hanging on to yesterday, worrying about what somebody did to you, how they hurt you, and you won't let it go. Uh, then you in a new day now. In order to make it to tomorrow, you've got to let yesterday go. In order to enjoy the day, you've got to quit worrying about tomorrow. You've got to let yesterday go, quit worrying about tomorrow, in order to see the day. Remember not the former thing, and consider not the things of old. God said, I'm going to do a new thing now. God wants us to be right now so he can, use, uh, that he can use us right now with a new thing. But in order for God to do something new, you've got to get rid of the old. You've got to get out of that stuck situation that you're in. Uh-huh. Just spinning wheels. It ain't going nowhere. Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, any man is in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things pass away. The whole, all things had to come new. Quit telling people you saved if you're not going to walk like a Christian. Quit telling people you saved if you're going to not let God sanctify you and lay down these weights and sins will eat them and set you. You can't keep on drinking as much liquor. Now you were drinking before you got saved. Now you're drinking more after you got... And you're talking because you made a confession. No, but you, this is more than a confession. This is where people mess up. They say because they went to the altar and somebody made them uh, uh, a... Say, say, uh, but, you know, repeat after them: uh, uh, Mary, baby, and Jesus died on the cross, and she was born by the virgin Mary, and, and all that stuff that you've been born again. No, baby, your nature got to be changed, and you got to believe this thing in your soul until your whole nature changed. That so God gonna give you a brand new nature. That's why He said, the "Old thing passed away; the whole old thing become new, because He gave you a new nature." He taken out of you the adamant nature that Adam had in the Garden of Eden. So when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, and the adamant nature entered into man. Man had no adamant nature until Adam sinned. Man was pure. He was clean. He was innocent. He didn't even not the, man, the boy didn't even know he had no clothes on, and the wife didn't either. He didn't even know they were naked. That's how innocent they were. But when they bit of the forbidden fruit, then this adamantness came in, condemnation, a sin. Death entered into the garden. And now that our damnate nature is in us, until we've been born again, Uh uh-huh, until we get that nature of Jesus, Mm -hmm. the nature of Christ, until the nature of Christ is in us, we still got that damnate nature. And and the scripture said it like this, in Adam we die, but in Christ we live. In Adam we had the nature of Adam, but in Christ we got the nature of Christ. Anybody hear what I'm saying? When you've been born again, God took away the nature of Adam in you, that David nature, and he gave you that spiritual nature, that nature of Jesus Christ. So you're a new creature now. And old things pass away. You're not cussing because you don't want to cuss. You don't have the desire to cuss. You don't have the nature to cuss. See, in that Adam nature, you cuss, you lied, you cheated, you committed adultery, fornication. You did everybody else wrong. You bought their money, didn't pay them back. In the Adam nature, you did that. But in the Christ nature, you have been born again. You was a new creature. You got the spirit of God on the inside of you. And God don't commit adultery. God don't commit fornication. God don't drink liquor. God don't smoke cigarettes. God don't chew the and dip stuff. God don't hang out at the club. You a new creature. All things have passed away. So check yourself. Ask yourself a question. Are you still doing the old things you did when you were lost? then then, then maybe you feel lost because when God comes in you, he gives you a new nature. I say this so often. Let's use this for an example. If you take a hog and you take and wash him and put a suit on him and some shoes on him, you think he's going to go to church Sunday morning? No, he ain't. You think he excited because you did that to him? No, he's not. You know why? The only thing you did was change it out with a parent. You didn't change his nature. He's a hog. He's supposed to water in the mud. He's supposed to get dirty. So he's going to take that suit you put on him and go right back to that mud and water in that mud with them $300, take it out of you, put on his feet, He's going to take them right back to the mud. Because you changed his outward appearance, but you didn't change his nature. And the Bible said, like a dog who threw up his vomit and then went back and eat it. When you go back in the world out the garden and save you, you like a dog that threw up his vomit, threw that mess up, threw up that silt. Then you went back out in the world and ate that silt that you threw up. I ain't mad at the home, because he went back in the mud with your $1,000 suit on and your shoes. I'm mad at you for not having no better sense to know to put that on him cause you didn't change his nature. He went back to where he he was supposed to go back to the mud. If he would have went to church, I would have thought something wrong with the hog Because his nature has not changed. And until your nature change, until your nature change, you're going to keep on cussing. Till your nature change, you're going to keep on lying. Till your nature change, you're going to keep on committing adultery. Huh? You're going to keep on doing the things in the flesh. The Bible says they that walk in the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that walk in the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. Now, you say you spiritual, but you're doing the things of the flesh. Ask yourself, which are you? The Bible says the one that you obey is your daddy. I didn't say that. Oh, now look at your apostles. Now you're telling the devil is my daddy. I didn't say that. The Bible said the, the devil is your daddy. He says you obey the daddy. Whoever you obey, he's your father. If you obey obeying the devil, he got you committing adultery, committing fornication, living in that fleshly life, lasciviousness, just, just and what I said, I ain't talking about mistakes. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about we make mistakes. We all sin and come short of the good but you don't make a lifestyle out of it. Every day, you know in the morning when you get up, you're going to see him. You know when you get up in the morning, you're going to go do wrong. You ain't got no I don't know, no mindset to do obey the Lord. That's why you know you're lost. That's why you know you ain't got a new nature because you still want. John said the third John said that you don't want to sin no more. And what he meant by that is because God gonna take the nature of sin out of you. How can you sin when you ain't got no nature of sin in you, huh? How can you commit fornication when you don't have a nature of commit fornication? The desire is gone. God has taken the, the nature of it out. You're in the spirit now. I ain't saying you won't be tempted by these things. I ain't saying you won't be tempted. They will try to tempt you to commit adultery, tempt you to commit punishment, tempt you to, you know, to, to, to just be a lasciviousness and an alcoholic. I ain't going to say he ain't going to try to tempt you, but the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee. But I'm talking about when you live a lifestyle day by day doing the same old thing, and no, you have not changed. Come on. We as leaders, we, we, we are a responsibility to walk holy. It's time that we, put, we lift up the standard of holiness again. We make holiness look like that it's nothing. We, we make it look like that God ain't holy no more. He ain't interested in holy no more. He, he don't matter where we be holy no more. No, 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 no. We are responsible to hold up this standard. The Bible says, you name the name of Christ, ought you not walk like him? Oh, my, 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 my. Let us go to Proverbs 4 and 25. Let your eyes look directly forward and your grave be straight before you. This is how we go forward. Quit looking at the things that are behind you, but look forward to the things that are before you. Quit looking at the mistake. You made. get up and go ahead. You fall down, we get back up. Quit, quit, quit repeating the same things over and over again. It's all right to be tripled by another sin, but don't keep being tripled by the same old sin. When God forgives you, repent, listen. And we got this thing, oh, we got this repentant thing, oh, messed up we got it all twisted. A lot of folks are saying before God and be just lost and lost and be because they, they were barely mis, uh, misled and deceived, thinking that because they told God to forgive, and they repent repenting. Telling God to forgive you is not repentance. Repentance means to stop. Repentance means to quit. Repentance means to leave it alone. Don't mess with it no more. That's what repentance is. It means to come out and don't go back. He said, come out from among them, said the Lord, and touch not that unclean thing. Then i receive you and be your God, and you'll be my child. we got so many Christians Won't God to receive them, and they still in that mess. God ain't going to receive you as long as you in the club. God is not going to receive you as long as you get honor them sheep. God is not going to receive you as long as you keep on wallowing in that mud and morrow and that mess that God brought you out of. He said, come out. He just ain't going to come get you. He said, come out yourself and touch not the, the unclean thing." Then he said, I receive you and be your God. I want him to be my God. I don't know about y'all, but I want him to be my God. I, I, I always, from the time and when I got saved, I always wanted to be, and, and, and I had not been now, but I said I wanted to be a man out of God's own heart. I made my mistake. I had my shortcomings, but I've to, to, to repent quickly and get up and ask God to forgive You've got to repent quickly. Don't wait the next week, and next year to repent of something you did. Get up and repent quickly, and ask God to forgive you, and try not to do it no more. And if you do it again, so we teach if you do it more than two or three times, you 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 ain't know that that is not true. That is not. God would not have told you to forgive your brother seven times, seventy one day, and then he turn around and don't forgive you but three times. That is not scripture. Uh huh. Our sins have been paid for. Listen, our sins have been paid for from the foundation of the world when Jesus offered up in the heaven once. He offered up never to do it no more. He don't know he how to do like the high priest. Jesus don't know how to come every time you sin and, and offer himself for you and, and for God to forgive you because he already done, done it. He did it forever. The Bible says he did it as the high priest, as Machedadad. He went before the throne of God. He shedded his blood once, never to do it no more. Well, you say, well, Pastor, well, then if he did that once, not to do it no more, then why should I repeat because God told you to? Because God said God speaks it that way. Even though Christ died on the cross and paid the price for your sins, you still got to confess them. The is just confess your fault. God is just, listen, confess your fault. God is just, once you confess them, it's done. It's over with. I don't care what nobody says. They can talk about you all they want to. They can say you ain't a Christian all you want to. They can say you ain't real all you want to. Once you confess your fault to God, God said, I will forgive. He said he's just. He ain't no lying, God. He ain't trying to fool you. He said he's just and faithful to forgive you for all your sins and cleanse you. Quit beating yourself up. Oh, God just showed me just then in the spirit. Somebody that in the road of your world, you're beating yourself because you did something wrong. And yes, you was in a leadership position and you feel bad and you feel guilty. And you letting all them devils out there Excuse me, you letting all them folk out there call themselves apostles and got a title because they're looking down on you and making you feel bad because of what you did like God ain't forgave you. Honey, if God said he forgave you, he forgave you, and you don't need their approval. You don't need nobody to approve to you that God forgave you. You just get on up and, and shake yourself off and, and get out of that mess that you were in and walk holy before God. God will restore you. He will revive you. He will renew you. He will lift you up above them. And you'll see some of them falling while you going up. The Bible said if a brother be in a fault, lift him up in the spirit of me. It didn't say judge him. It didn't say get up on the Internet and talk about it. It is say go on some, game, some show on TV and, 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 and scandalize the brother's name. The Bible said if a brother be found in a fault, lift him up in the spirit of meekness, lest you also be tempted. What that means? The same devil tempt him, he's going to tempt you. And if you don't help that brother and pray with that brother and lift that brother up in the spirit, God's going to allow something to come in your life, and no matter how much you pray, you ain't going to get no answer. It's going to knock you down off your feet, for God can show you that you ain't no better than that person was. Ain't none of us in no position to judge nobody. Oh, this is getting good to me. Ain't none of us in no position to judge nobody. John 5 and 8 said, Jesus said to him, get up. Take up your bed." In other words, he had to do something. Listen, listen to this. In order to move forward, you will have to approach the situation in a different way. See, that's what's wrong with some of us. That's why we're still in the situation we're in, because we keep on approaching it the same way. If you keep on doing something the same way and it doesn't change, you need to do something different. You need to, you need, you need to approach it in a different way. Uh-huh. You may have to think out of the box. You may have to think bigger than what you are thinking. Maybe you, maybe you, during that little situation, because you keep a little. Now, I, this was true with me when I was coming up looking for a, for for someone to date and someone to love, especially as been a Christian and someone to be my future wife. I always would end up uh, with folks that that didn't have the love of God in them. I I always ended up with folks that didn't care. Folks that. There were brood folk that were wounded, folk that wanted to take it out on me what somebody had did to them. And I wondered to God, God, why I always end up with these same people? Because I didn't have a high standard. I got just what my standard was. I didn't matter to me. I didn't matter to me whether they were great or not. I just I wanted someone to love me. And the one that I got loved me was the one that hurt me. But when I lifted my standard, See, some of you need to lift your standard. That's why you keep doing That's why you end up with that no good boyfriend because you won't lift your standard. You think you can't have nobody better. Honey, you can have somebody better. You, you paying him, Bill, He there home eating up the children's cornflakes, and you, you there working, and he there, they can't even play the video game with him, legs sticking all out on the couch and can't even get by, and you there working for him and putting gas in the car and riding him all over the place. So, you know, will you please come and let me tell you, you can do better than that. Huh? You can do bad by yourself. And if you keep on letting your standards say that, that's what kind of person you're gonna get. See so you have to lift your standard and make the person come up the way your standard is. You gotta let a man know that he's not gonna just run over you any kind of way. He's just gonna sleep with you and get two or three babies, five or six babies, and then he's gonna run and guess what? After he give you four or five babies, he ain't gonna marry you. He gonna marry somebody else who ain't got no babies. And then he gonna say, to them baby, you got any old, then you gotta fight him in the courtroom. You're trying to prove that them his baby. So, he, uh, be versatile. What I mean by that, keep yourself. Keep yourself so God can give you maybe you done made that mistake. Nobody's condemning you. But let the day be a brand new day. Move forward. Oh, move that's what the message is about. Move forward. Move and lift up your standard and move forward. So what? Now when you lift up this standard now, when you move forward, you ain't gonna find God any kind of way uh, coming towards you. Cause they know that you ain't gonna fall for that mess. They know you're not gonna let them come in the back though. They're not gonna let you. They know you ain't gonna let them come in the front though. They know you're not gonna get on that sheet with them. So for that reason, they ain't gonna want to mess with you because you won't give in to them. You won't give yourself to. But it's okay. God got somebody out there, shot bo 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 God got somebody waiting for you. Do you hear me? God got somebody waiting for you, huh? God got somebody that is virtuous, somebody that is holy, somebody that is not willing to let the standard down to please the Lord. And if you, if you hold up your standard, God will give you somebody who got a standard. And give God something to work with. Quit giving yourself up. Quit giving up your innocence. To the guy that don't care nothing about you. Call himself, put a notch on their gun. And just as soon as they go to bed with you, they're going to go tell some guy, call you this name and that kind of name. And I won't use the word, but they're going to try to scandalize your name now that you're going to lay with them. Uh, but make them respect you. Young lady, make these guys respect you. Move on. Move on. Move on to somebody that care about you. Move on to somebody that respect you. Move on to somebody that ain't calling you all them kind of names. These men that call you all kind of names, you going to go with him. Don't go with no man that disrespect you and call you all kind of names. You know what kind of name they be calling you. Don't go, go with no young man like that. Uh, lift your standard higher than that. Be somebody. And just because you got a baby or two, just because you got this don't mean you can't go back to college. Just can't, you can't better yourself. Don't mean you can't get a career. Move out of that position that you're in. It's kind of like in the military. You know, when they're in the military and a war going on, if they know where your coordinates is, then they can drop a bum right there where you at. And see that what the devil is? The devil know your coordinates because you don't move. You gonna be right there tomorrow, next week, we got it there, the month from there. Then when this old bad no good guy leave, here come a nerd he's he gonna tell him, man, I went there with her. She let anybody come in, and then he gonna come and stay for about a lot of or two or six months, and then he gonna leave. And the nerd to come, no, you need to shut the door, baby. You need to move. You need to respect yourself. You need to give yourself honorable unto God, so God can give you. You hear me? I, I, when I was looking for my wife. I had to sanctify myself. I had to live holy. And the woman that I met, we had to live holy. You hear what I'm saying? And then when you meet that mate, don't go, go to bed with them before you get married. Live a virtuous life. You hear me? Yes, the desire to go to bed with, with, my, with my wife, I wanted to. The desire what the devil tried to tempt us. But you know what? When you don't do that, it makes the marriage, it complement the marriage better. It makes the relationship better. And we didn't. Folks were talking about us. Y'all crazy? Why are you gonna go to where a woman you ain't never been to bed with, baby? Don't don't let some man steal your virtue by, by by playing that role with you. Telling you if I can't go to bed with you, I ain't gonna marry you, baby. You you, you stand your ground, huh? You stand your ground and be virtuous, you know, be holy. And me and my wife did not go to bed with each other. We waited on the Lord. And you know what? And that was the best thing we ever did. We can be respectful and not look back now and say that we laid all up before we got married. And here we celebrating forty two years. Forty two years. She's still the same woman. ha oh, hadn't changed but nothing but got better. And I thank God for her. Forty two years, twenty two grandbabies. God have blessed me greatly. And I've been with the Lord over forty some years and I ain't fit to go nowhere. You hear me? But a higher height and deeper depth. It's my desire, it's my privilege to be on this radio here to make a difference. I'm here not not for a show, not for praise, but I'm here to make a difference in your life. That I might say something that will make a difference in your life, that will tear down a stronghold in your life, that will lift a burden out of your life, that will heal a wound in your life. Oh, my, 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 my. Let us go look, Father. It's getting good now. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press on toward the goal for the pride of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You gotta press. in order to move, see, sometime in order to move, you gotta press. Satan wants you to stay right there in that deadlock situation. He don't want you to move. He wants you to be stuck right there. But you've got to make up your mind that you're going to move. You've got to do like the the left of men that was at the, at the gate of Samaria. They sat there. They were going to die anyway. They had leprosy, And in those days, if you had leprosy, they put you outside the gate of the city. And you sat there. You couldn't be with the people because you were defiled. You was unclean. So they sat at the gate of the city to die. But in the city was a famine because the Assyrian had surrounded the city so that so Samaria couldn't get out. So they couldn't get out. They couldn't go get no food. And so they were starving them. To death. That's why they win the battle back there. They starve you out. So, the, so, so uh, they said, the, the leopard men said, there were three of them. They said, they said if we go in the city, we're going to die, because there was no food in the city. They said, if we go to the enemy, we're going to die. But pre-adventure, he may let us live, and we won't die. So they, had, they, took, they, they got up with hope, even though there was no hope. They said, if we go in the city, we're going to die. If they kill us, we're going to die. Well, what was it? We're going to die either way. We sat here, we're going to die. He said, well, we're going to go up and go to them. Pre-adventure, they will let us leave and make us servant. So the Bible said they got up in faith. They moved. They moved out of that dead situation. They will die, church. They will die if they're sat there. You're going to die if you keep sitting there. You're going to die. You've got to get up so God can make a difference. You know you're in a relationship. And it ain't going nowhere. That man done beat you so many times until the police don't even want to come to your house no more. Because all they know that you going to do is turn around and let him come back. You need to make up your mind that it is over. You need to make up your mind that you were, he done beat you up so bad until a point that you're about, Oh, my, my, my. I ain't going to say it, But you're about in a place where nobody else is going to want to even be with you because you've been beat up so bad. And, you, and you're scared, you're afraid, because well, he said he's going to kill you. He's going to kill you anyway if you keep staying there in that situation. What you need to do is move that face. Don't go telling him, look, this is why you keep getting beat up, because you tell telling him you're going to leave. Don't tell him you're going to leave. Don't tell him you're going to leave no more. Let him know you're gone when he gets home. He'll know you're gone. You quit telling him you're going to leave and tell God to fix that. And when God fixes it, don't you go back. Don't you go back. When God bring you out. Don't you go back? Don't you look back? Because when God made one man, He made another man. You ain't the only man in the, He ain't the only man in the world. No woman, no man should get so caught up in one person. No girl, no teenager, boy. We see them committing suicide now. Because that boy broke up with them, and they're going to commit suicide, or that girl broke up, I come out to help somebody and deceive her. Don't never fall in love with someone and suck way that they rule your spirit that way, they rule you that way until you would die if you can't be with them if, if if you're going to love someone that way, Let it be God if you're going to Harry hear me if you're going to love someone that way, let it be God, don't never give yourself to a man or a woman that way until they control your life until if you can't have them, you going to don't want to live. Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm somebody to to you, with the help of God, you can get out of the situation you're in. With the help of God, you can do better. And the help of God, you can get it out of that stuck situation in. Because we're talking about being stuck. We're talking about moving forward. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is trying to move somebody. Because if you stay there, if you don't get out of that situation, it's going to destroy you. It's going to make you commit suicide. It's going to make you have a nervous breakdown. You need to get out of it. huh? You need some joy. You ain't had no joy in a long time. And this situation that you're in has stole all your joy, and you don't know when the last time you, you smiled. You don't know when the last time you danced. You don't know when the last time you gave God a praise because you know you're going home to trouble. You know you're going home to a bad husband, to a bad wife, to a house full of children talking back to you and disrespecting you. You know this, and you don't know. But I come by to tell you what the answer is. acknowledge God. See, you've been trying to fix it yourself and that's why it hadn't got fixed. Acknowledge God. Acknowledge God. Huh? Acknowledge God. You, you hear what I'm saying? Proverbs sixteen and three says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plan will be attached. That's what it means. Acknowledge God. Commit it to the Lord. Tell God you're tired. Tell God, Lord, I'm tired of this. God, I'm tired of this man beating me. I'm tired of this man controlling me. I'm tired of this woman doing this. I'm tired of my children acting like this, God. I'm tired of my supervisor doing me like this, oh, God. I'm tired of my neighbor doing this to me, God. You've got to acknowledge God. See, it's God's responsibility to take care of you because you belong to him. But he can't do it until you give him permission. You've got to acknowledge him. And, honey, when you acknowledge God, bo 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 Che. when you acknowledge God, the angels of the Lord, my God, they get business. Don't you remember when Elijah was in trouble and the king was out, sent all the men out of Elijah and, they had, this, and they, had the, the, they had the fortress surrounded? And Elijah's servant said, at last, at last, man of God, they done got us now. We in trouble. And Lodge told God to open the servant's eyes so he could see. And when God when God opened that servant's eye, the angels of the Lord was encamped round about there, around about the fortress. They was up there in the air. And I mean there were thousands of them with the sword back. Do you not know you got angels in charge of you? I feel the anointing on this earth. Do you not know you got angels in charge of you? Angels that's supposed to protect you? Angels that's supposed to secure you? Angels that's supposed to bring you out of all that mess you in? But you got to know this, and you got to commit your way into the Lord. God he will not hear your prayer, not answer you, if you commit this thing to God and leave it alone. And say, God, you know what I like about the old folks a long time ago. Whenever they ran out of, when they ran out of something to say, they done prayed because they get around all and pray all day, all night. Then they went out of, when they run out of words to say. They said, Lord, I know. Oh, honey, when you thought said, Lord, I know. Other words, Lord, I don't know, but you know. When you said, Lord, I know, honey, God gonna fix it. I, tell, I, 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 I was challenging somebody and telling you, give it to the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord. Tell God about what you're going through. Quit sitting there acting like you scared, acting like you think God don't care. God knows. He's waiting for you to surrender, to give it, and he's going to put angels in charge of you. You hear me? I, told, I, I had a dream, and, and in this dream, this lady came to me. And she was telling me how that her husband was beating on her, how this man was beating her, and he kept beating her. And she told me about it. And, and while we were talking, the man came up in the yard. I had told her before he got there. I said, listen, this is the day you're delivered. This man will not beat you no more. He will not put another hand on you thus, said the Lord. So he walks up to the door, and I walked out, and he comes in the yard talking ugly to me. I won't tell you all the things he said. He told me, who you think you are? here in my house. You don't get out of my yard. I, I told him, thus said the Lord, you will not be her no more. And while the man was talking to me, the man fell dead right there in the yard. But what I'm trying to say you, honey, God gonna fix your situation. Somebody said God ain't no killer, honey. God gonna fix your situation. And I ain't gonna take this back if he got to kill somebody, honey. If he got to allow death to come to their house, God gonna fix it. What you got to do? Commit it to the Lord. You got to know that God has the ability to. The this problem. God is bigger than your problem. He's bigger than all your fears. He's bigger than all your circumstances. He's bigger than everything you're going through. He's bigger than all your hurt. He's bigger than what that man doing to you. You ain't got to fear that man. that only can destroy your body, but fear God destroy mind, body and soul. Psalm 31 and 24, be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for the Lord, be strong. I encourage you, don't be fearful. Be strong. Get on your knees and pray, and give it to the Lord. And be strong. Watch God fix that man. Watch God fix that woman. Watch God fix that boyfriend. God's gonna either fix him or God's gonna move him out of your life. You quit being afraid. You quit putting your mouth in it. You quit running off at the mouth talking what you're gonna do because you can't do nothing. Give it to the Lord, so He can move you, huh? He said He knows His thoughts concerning you, huh? Thoughts are good and not evil. To prosper you. God want to bring you to an expected end. God don't want nobody living no miserable wife with no husband and no miserable right with a wife where they're beating you. Now, I understand that you don't get out any kind of way out of the marriage, but if he's beating you, he's brooding you, he wounding you, he endangering your life, then God will not have you to stay in that situation. Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by, that you may discern what the will of God is, good and acceptable and perfect. See, if you get conformed to this world, you don't know what God will in your life. You're at the club every Friday night. You're hanging out with the guys every Friday night. You're out there partying every Friday night with the guys up on the street. You don't know what God will in your life. You're going to be all confused. You're going to know what God's talking to you or what the devil's talking to you. So you got, can't be conformed to this world. That means doing what the world do. You've been born again. You were bought with a price. You don't belong to the world now. You're a new creature moving to a new city. You're a new person now. you got a new identity. you got a new nature now. You don't have that nature no more. Romans 8 and 28, But we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Listen, if you love God, God is working in your behalf right now. Do you hear me? If you love God, God is working in your behalf right now. He's fixing that thing. Yes, He is. You may not think He's fixing it. It may look like He don't care. It may look like you just praying all these prayers and matters get worse. But what you need to do is speak those things ain't it, and do they with tell you you're looking at the at the surface the there. Until you looking at the situation, until you keep looking at the problem, what well, you need to look into the God that you serve because he's bigger than your problem. He's bigger than all your fear. Uh-huh. And speak, though, speak positive though, and begin to thank God for bringing you out. Even though you ain't come out yet, thinking for bringing you out. Thinking for giving you the victory. Thinking for straightening out your husband, for straightening out your wife, that boyfriend. For thinking about that neighbor, that job, that supervisor. Begin to thank God. Begin to, begin to praise him in advance. Huh? thank him. The Bible says, let him that weak say he's strong. Quit saying you're weak. Huh? Quit saying you're weak. And the Bible says, say you're strong. Because as you say you're strong, then God's going to give you the victory. You're going to be able to walk victorious. Let me give another verse, Acts 20 and 24, but I do not account myself, my life value of any precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive, do the Lord Jesus Christ Testifying the gospel, of the grace of God. In other words, Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind me. I don't count my life as anything Paul said. Paul said, all that i done, all the people that got healed and miracles worked in my life. Paul said, I don't focus on that right. I count myself as doom. I count myself as nothing, just as long as Christ can use me to make a difference in the lives of others. Galatians 20, I'm going to say a Hebrew 12 and 1. I'm going to let that be it. Hebrew 12 and 1. Therefore, sit, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us. Uh-huh. Let us also lay aside every way. And sin was done so easily beset us. And let us run with and with endurance the race that is set before What that means is you ain't in this by yourself. You ain't the only one tempted. Listen, baby. Many people have been running this race a long time before you did, and they went through the same temptation and trials you went through, and they didn't give up. So don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you think that you're in this thing by yourself. you tempted above somebody else. No. The Bible says God tempted no man above that he's able. The temptation you're going through, God allowed it to be so. He ain't put something on you that he ain't put on somebody else. So you humble yourself to so acknowledge that, 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 that God can get you out of this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Precious Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the lesson this afternoon, telling us to come out, Lord. It's time to move. It's time for us to come out of the dead situation that we're in, God. We've been here so long, Lord. We just keep on doing the same thing over and over again. We keep on letting the devil put them shoes back on our feet. Keep on tricking us, Lord, telling us that we can't come out, telling us we can't quit smoking, we can't quit drinking. We can't qu- quit gambling. We can't quit committing adultery. We can't quit committing adultery. We can't send that man's wife back home. We can't send the husband uh, and send him back home because we, we love him. And we're so caught up with love that we thank God that we can't t- let it go. But, God, you said your grace was sufficient. So I pray to evening, God, that you would help somebody. When, when that is in a dead-end situation. Help this wife, God, who has been abused by her husband. The law ain't doing nothing about it. The police ain't doing nothing about it. The justice system's not doing about it. And she's got to go home, God, to this cruelty. She's got this, to go home, God, to this sadness, this brokenness, this woundedness, she got to go home and deal with his abuse and his offensiveness. Not only abusing her with his mouth, but abusing her physically, Lord, and nobody doing nothing about it, God. But, God, I ask you to move in a hurry. She be lonely. You, God, this is your child. It is not your will that it be so. So I ask you to move in a hurry, God. And send your angels there, the minister, Lord. Send your angels there to fight the battle, God. Send your angels to work it out, God. Bring that that wife out of that situation. Bring that husband out of that situation. Bring these children out of that abused home where the husband, where the mom and dad is a- bruising them and don't, nobody know nothing about them, God. Molesting them, oh God, putting their hands on them in the wrong way, God, and don't nobody know nothing about it. These little children are yours, God. They belong to you. Let, somebody, let it be revealed to somebody. Uh, call somebody to know God. For some way or somehow, God, let it be known, God, that somebody might step in and do something about it to bring these children out of that home, God, in the name of Jesus. And you work at that supervisor, it seems like he don't want to talk right, do right. He's treating everybody up right but your child, God. But you be with them, Lord. You have them to hang on in that job, not quit, not give up. They need that job, oh, God. But 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 the job is becoming a burdensome. The job is becoming depressing. Uh, there is anxiety, God. It's it, it, it calling them. Oh, God, now they want to go to work, God. But step in and fix it, Lord. Work it out, God. In the name of Jesus, sit the hands on that job, God. In the bring that thing to knock, God. Deal with that supervisor. Call that supervisor. Treat treat them right, God. Call that supervisor. Talk to them right. In the name of Jesus. And then, God, as I close, I ask that you would send your healing power. Somebody need to be healed. Somebody need to be delivered. Somebody need to be set free. Somebody need to be healed of cancer. Somebody need to be healed of tumor. Somebody need to be healed of high blood pressure, high blood sugar. Somebody need to be delivered with cancer in the process, cancer in the colon, cancer in the breast, cancer in the blood, white and red blood cell. In the name of Jesus, somebody need to be healed of a stroke, God. Somebody need to be healed of back trouble, God. In the name of Jesus, somebody need to be healed in the eyes of God. Somebody lame need to be able to walk again, God. Somebody deaf need to heal, again, God. Somebody need to speak again, God. But God have mercy, Lord. If I left anything, I have mercy on that too, God. You still a miracle worker, you. You still working miracle. you still making the lane walk again. you still making the devil hear again, the root speak again. you still drying up counts of God amongst your people, God. And know what I pray, God, in my closing, that every leader, every apostle, every evangelist, every one that is, that is over your people as a shepherd, God, give them strength. Give them grace, God. Give them a fresh anointing, oh God. Some of them want to quit. Some of, them about, to, some of them about to faint and throw in the towel, but don't let them, God. Don't let them quit. Don't give them a fresh anointing. And give them a fresh anointing. Lift them up, God. And this will forever give you praise. The glory and the honor. It shall be thine. In the precious name of Jesus. And Jesus' name we pray. Amen.